and uh, we're going to gather our minds up to him. In uh, Exodus, and it's it's a good likelihood we'll read in Exodus for some time, but in Exodus 23, uh, we're going to start tonight. And, uh, you, you know, I would say to you, if you can uh, and want to read uh, the book of Exodus, book of Leviticus, and then, as I've mentioned before, in the book of John, about chapter 12 through uh, the end of John, deals with Jesus uh, entering into the um, work of Passover or fulfilling the Passover, uh, having the, the meal with his disciples, and then, of course, fulfilling the offering of, of the Lord. And in Exodus 23, verse 14, the Bible says, three times in the year you shall make a feast to me. You shall keep the feast of unleavened bread. Seven days you shall eat unleavened bread as I have commanded you at the set time of the month of Abib. For in it you came out of Egypt, and they shall not appear before me empty. Also the feast of harvest, the first fruits of your labor, of what you sow in the field. Also the feast of ingathering at the end of the year, at your gathering, at your gathering your work from the field. Three times in the year every one of your males shall appear before the Lord Jehovah. You shall not offer the blood of my sacrifice with leaven. And the fat of my feast shall you not pass the night into the morning. The first, the first fruits of your ground you shall bring to the house of Jehovah your God. You shall not boil a kid in its mother's milk. So we see that the Lord is declaring a set time. There, there's, there's three things I want us to see here. One is a set time. We have a set time. We have a set place, and we have a Sabbath rest. And I want you to see that as we look at these scriptures. So, the Feast of the Lord is a set time, or the Passover of the Lord is a set time in the month of Abib, for that's when Israel came out of Egypt. So it's set every year, and this thing is perpetual. And we should get a picture as we look at the, as we look at the ordinances of the Lord in Israel, we should get a picture of the, of the continuation of God ministering this over and over and over again. And really, as I look at this, this just like Paul ministers over and over and over again, the Lord Jesus Christ, every epistle, He's, 
he's ministering the Lord Jesus Christ. And as, as, as I've looked at, you know, as I'm looking into this, I see this perpetual ministry of God. Why do you think it's so perpetual? To get it into the hearts and the minds that the people become an expression of it. So it's so it's a continual daily, yearly walk with God that the Israelites are in. And so just to reiterate for a moment, this month of Abib is a new beginning to Israel. So to them, and I've repeated this, I think the last two weeks, this was a new day. Because when they left Egypt, they had never been, those Israelites that were in Egypt had never been where they were that day they came out of the house. So it was new. It was a new day, a beginning. It's like our new birth journey in the Lord. That the old things have rolled away. And that the sin and bondage that we were in rolled away when we received the Lord Jesus, when we received our Passover, and we came into that new beginning. And that's, that's what Israel happened to them. Egypt was no more. Now, now, Egypt was still in their hearts and minds, but in reality of what God had done, it was over. <laughs> and, that's, and that's how it is with, with believers. When we receive him, what his work has done is what's the reality or the truth that's in God. May not be what's in the heart and the mind of believers, but it's the truth of what's in God. And so that's our journey. A new day when we receive the Passover lamb of the Lord. We come into a new day where the old has rolled away and all things begin to be new. Hallelujah to the lamb of God. So this time is set. It's a set month. It's a set time, a set month, a set season. Now, where do we see this at in the scripture? Go to Ephesians 2. We'll go bounce back and forth from Ephesians 2 to uh, this place in Exodus. So don't lose your place here because we're going to bounce back to it. But turn over to Ephesians chapter 2. And start at, I guess, verse 1, might as well. And you have he quickened who were dead in trespass and sins. Wherein in time past you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience, among whom also we had our conversation in times past, in the lust of the flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. 
But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in sins, have quickened us together with Christ. By grace, you are saved. And see, here's the new time. <laughs> Come on down in here in verse 13, or, or start at verse 11. So, wherefore, remember that you being Gentiles in time past. Get a hold of this. Time past in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by that which is called circumcision, the flesh made by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, here's the time. Now in Christ Jesus. So Passover is at a set time. And it was the same time every year. But now God has gathered together all things in one, Ephesians 1 says, even in him. So he gathered up all things of the old to be fulfilled in the Lord Jesus Christ. Remember, Jesus said, I didn't come to destroy the law and the prophets, but to fulfill it. So he's the fulfillment of Passover. And we keep Passover as we keep him. All right, so, so the time of the Passover is now in Christ Jesus. I could say that with Pentecost. I could say that with the tabernacles, but we're dealing, we're, our mind is on the Passover. It's now in Christ Jesus. Now the place, I, I go back to Exodus. I want to keep going here, but I, I, I want to follow this through the scripture, back in the book of Exodus 15, verse 16 says, Terror and dread falleth upon them by the greatness of thine arm. They are still as a stone till thy people pass over. O Jehovah, till the people pass over that thou hast purchased. Thou will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, the place, O Jehovah, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in. The sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. Jehovah shall reign forever and ever. So, so the purpose of Israel coming out of Egypt. Now, now the coming out of Egypt, if you're following your Bible, Exodus 12, here we're in Exodus 15, right after the Egyptians have been drowned in the Red Sea. And God is taking them on a journey to the place that he has made to dwell in. 
Now go to Exodus 25. Exodus 25, verse 8, and then we're going to go down to verse 17, but verse 8. And let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell among them. According to all that I show thee, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all the furniture of thereof, even so shall ye make it. Now, verse 17. And thou shalt make a mercy seat of pure gold. Two cubits and a half shall be the length thereof, and a cubit and a half the breadth thereof. And thou shalt make two cherubim of gold. Of beaten work shalt thou make them at the two ends of the mercy seat. And make one cherub at one end, and one cherub at the other end of one piece with the mercy seat shall you make the cherubim on the two ends thereof. And the cherubim shall spread out their wings on high, covering the mercy seat with their wings, with their faces one to another. Toward the mercy seat shall the faces of the cherubim be. And thou shalt put the mercy seat above upon the ark, and in the ark thou shalt put the testimony that I shall give thee. And there I will meet with thee. Here's the purpose of the sanctuary. I will meet with thee and commune with thee from above the mercy seat, from between the two cherubim which are upon the ark of the testimony of all things which I will give thee in commandment unto the children of Israel. Now I wrote a note here. that this picture has it really at all. When on the day of atonement, the blood of the sacrifice came into this Holy of Holies, touched the seat of mercy in the seat or in the box is the word that God had given to Israel upon the mountain. And God himself appears above the seat. And I just saw this picture today or last night, whenever I was looking at it, of all of it coming together right here. Everything God's doing in the Passover, in the Pentecost, in the fullness or the, the uh, tabernacles, it all comes together right here in the Holy of Holies. Because here the blood comes, Here's where the word of the that came down from the mountain comes. And here's where the presence fills the place. And when you look at these cherubim of glory, they are facing the seed of mercy. In the book of Romans, it says, calls Jesus our propitiation. 
That is the seat of mercy. That's what that word means. He is our seat of mercy. And here's where God meets with us. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And then down in verse 42 of this chapter, it shall be a continual burnt offering. And he's speaking of the, I should have read 38, but I'll explain that. They offer two lambs a year old day by day continually. So, so look again at how perpetual the offerings of the Lord are in this sacri- in this tabernacle. Two lambs a day continually. And here at verse 42 says, It shall be a continual burnt offering throughout your generations at the door of the tent of meeting before Jehovah, where I will meet with you and I will speak with you. What's he going to do? He's going to meet and speak at this tent according to the sacrifice. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. So three times a year, our solemn assemblies, it's declared in Exodus and Leviticus. So there's a solemn assembly called where the Israelites are going to come to meet the Lord. They're not just coming to meet with themselves. They are coming to meet the Lord. And the Lord says, here will I meet with them and speak to them. And he's going to commune with them according to the word of the testimony. And that word of testimony is that that Moses went up into the mountain and received of God. And that word was according to a pattern. A pattern of our Lord Jesus Christ. So God was meeting with them continually according to the pattern. He's not meeting with us in a pattern. Jesus comes and says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. God is meeting with us according to the truth. Jesus is the truth. He's the reality of everything that's hid here inside of this tabernacle and these feast days. And God himself meets with us. Hallelujah 
and he speaks according to this word. He speaks in son, Hebrews 1 says. Glory to the Lamb of the living God. So, so that's what the meeting is about, is a gathering of a congregation unto the Lord. And the gathering of the congregation unto the Lord is to meet with God. And they were meeting with God according to the feasts, according to the offerings, according to the ordinance that God put in place. And see, all these ordinances are fulfilled in the person of Jesus Christ and here is where God meets us. Jesus is our Passover. He is how we come out of Egypt. Glory to God. We come out of the things of the flesh, all the things that have bound us through the offering of the sacrifice of the Lamb of the living God. And God meets with us in the person of Christ according to that ordinance. Or I could say it in the fulfillment of that ordinance. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. That's what he's doing. He's fulfilling the ordinance. So, so no more do we have a Passover lamb in Israel that we need to eat up because Jesus is our Passover lamb. And we only eat him. That's all we eat. John the Baptist declares him as, Behold the Lamb of God. That does what? Takes away the sin of the world. It's in that lamb that I come out of sin. In the simplicity of our salvation, in the simplicity of eating him, of receiving him, that's what we did. He was our Passover lamb. And we received him. And through him, we came out to go in. But we began our journey just like Israel did at the Feast of Passover. And God continually presents this lamb 
even in the other fish. There's a continual presentation of an offering of the Lord throughout Israel. I mean, it's continual daily. Daily. You know, when that tabernacle was set up, if I, if I understand it right, every day they were offering two lambs. So this continual reminder of the work of the lamb was going on in Israel. And it's at a set time and a set place at the door of the what? Tabernacle of the Lord. Who said he's the door? I am the door. Jesus said. So he's the door that we gather unto the tabernacle of the Lord. Glory to God. So we gather by the door unto the Lord. And it's a Sabbath day. God tells them in, in Leviticus 23 that in these feasts, they are to do no work in them. You shall do not no servile work. What does the Sabbath day declare? The Lord finished his work and he rested. That's what it declares. When Jesus hung up on the cross, what did he declare? It is finished. And he entered into his rest. I have finished the work that God has given me to do, he declares. And he suffers and dies to enter into his rest. Honey, these things can't be just words to you and I. They have to become a meeting with God. We are in a continual a meeting. Now back in Ephesians 2. Now in Christ Jesus. You that were far off. Are made nigh how? By the blood. You've been brought near through the blood. And I could see this picture, and I don't have it all mapped out in Scripture, but I could see this picture today of when they came to offer up, I believe it was the sin offering or the trespass offering, one of those offerings. They would lay their hands upon the sacrifice. 
confessing their sins. So now by that blood, they had have access. That's what that was speaking of. Because that offering received to itself the sin of the individual. Glory to God. Now there in Israel, that's as far as the Israelites really could go unless they were a priest. But the priest would enter in and light the lamps and do the work of the priesthood inside the door of the tabernacle. And there in that inside was the lamp filled with oil lighting up a room that was filled with bread. Glory to God. Eat his flesh and drink his blood. So, so here is a room with two loaves of bread that the priests were continually performing the service in. And that blood spoke of the access. See, I see all of this speaking in that room is filled with the word. What happened at Mount Sinai? The Holy Ghost or God came down upon the mountain in a cloud. And what did he do? He spoke the word. And here in that tabernacle, in that second place of the tabernacle, is a room filled with bread, with the light of the candelabra that is lit by the oil, by the priest. <laughs> so the priest had to light it had to be filled with the oil to see the bread. I don't know if you could see this picture here, but that oil speaks of the Holy Ghost himself running through that candlestick. That's seven-branched candlestick shining light upon the bread where a people come in and begin to come into union and understanding of what the Lord Jesus has done in his death, burial, and resurrection. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Because, that, you know, we, we receive him outside, so to speak, in the courtyard. 
at the, at the offering of the sacrifices. We lay our hands upon the offering, so to speak, receiving the Lord, believing on him. See, that, that's all a picture of faith, them coming up and laying their hands upon the offering. A picture of faith that that their sin would be committed to that animal sacrifice. And now, through the priesthood, it's carried into another room. It's through the priesthood that the offering is made. Now, through the priesthood, it's carried into another room. And in this other room, there's the picture of union and relationship going on. Till finally, you come into the veil. And in the veil, you see the seat of mercy, the throne of the living God. You've entered the realm, I could say, of heaven, the holy of holies. Heaven is my throne, the earth my footstool. Here's the picture of God seated in a throne and the dominion given through his word, governing through his word, and the blood of that covenant being placed upon the seat. But in that picture is two cherubim of glory. And, and, and I love this. One beaten work of gold. So the cherubim of glory that's facing the mercy seat is not built like we may imagine them to be built, where they build one cherubim, set it on the seat, then they build the other one, set it on the seat. No, no, no. It's built in one work of gold. What, what do you think that's speaking of? but his work, his complete work, and a people that's beholding the glory of the Lord being changed into the same image from glory to glory by the Spirit of God. That's what that says to me. There's where God's light shines. God hath shined in our hearts, the Apostle Paul wrote. Not shining into, but shined from within. Where is that? Shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face, the appearing of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. And there's the transformation of the soul. Seeing the appearing of the Lord. Now this is why we gather, folks. Even our gatherings is to see the appearing of the Lord in our soul. To meet with Him. Where two or three are gathered together, Jesus declared, there I am. You're meeting me. We have a solemn assembly 
every time we come together in the name of the Lord. Glory to the Lamb of God. So, so here's where we're gathered. We're gathered up in, in this one. But now, here's the time now. And what makes it now is Christ Jesus. That's what makes time pass. Because if you're not in Christ Jesus, all those things Paul writes in Ephesians 2, they're not real to you. But now in Christ Jesus, you that were far away are made nigh by the blood of Christ. And where did he bring us to? When I read this, verse 19, we're no now, therefore, we're no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom all the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord, in whom... You are building together for what? A habitation. I'm going to bring them to my habitation. And here I will meet with them. Here I will speak to them. Here it's fulfilled now in Christ Jesus. We come to the Lord's holy habitation through the Spirit to be indwelled of God through the Spirit. Hallelujah. And here, he will speak to us. That's what we've come to is the speaking of the Lord. And what we must do is turn our hearts to hear and see the voice that's speaking to us. And what that voice is declaring is the Son. That's what the voice declares. God speaks in Son. His speaking is His word. His word is Christ. His word is God. So there's his speaking. I'm not telling you he can't speak to you and say, go over here or go over there. He can and he will and he does. But the speaking that the heart and the mind where the transformation comes is this speaking in son. That's where the transformation of the heart and the mind comes. Glory to the Lamb of God. So, so if God wrote all of this about the feast and all the law and prophets were fulfilled in the Lord Jesus, then I believe there's a speaking of Christ in these that you and I need to hear and see and comprehend and walk in. Glory to God. Anyway, I'll stop here for tonight.
and we'll pick back up next week. Glory to God. I'll start with Brother Mark Varner.